We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live this time. Much better. With the right title. Uh, <laughs> the right open. Like, the right open to the right everything. rattled. Oh, I was really rattled. I haven't. I, like, I've had two sips of my coffee. I'm struggling over here, Goodman. You know, I've um, given up. I haven't given up coffee. I've had since I got back from Charleston. Uh, you know, I came back at like a, a hefty, like 218 pounds. Uh, yeah, which is you know at six three. I think they call you fat if you're 218 pounds at six. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm I'm six three, and yeah. I, I think I'm at like 235 right now. So you're you're obese. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. I got I got a couple more beans. That's why I, that's why I got a Peloton a couple months ago. Yeah, good move. So I'm, I'm I'm down a little bit. I've given up coffee for the most part for the last uh, few weeks, and uh, just drinking uh, water and diet cokes. I I go through diet cokes like they're going out of style. Yeah. yeah. So no coffee. You're just gonna fill your body full of diet coke. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. More, uh, more. All right. So for anyone that's just tuning in right now, if you haven't figured it out, it's the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster. That man you see right there in the Alabama hat is – I went 72. 72 yeah. yesterday, Robert. I went So I went 3-1 on the picks I put in, and then I, I took uh, Gonzaga's um, halftime line, the live line, because it was only four at halftime. So. What was the halftime line? Uh, it was, uh, so they were up by four. So the line was, uh, 14 and a half, wow. so 18 and a half total. So I, I got hit that bet four and one night last night, four and oh, the night before, including a parlay and a couple of money line binks. And yeah, Jeffrey, it's been a good week, man. We close out this week strong. Um, before we get into tonight's slate, cause there is, there, there, there are a couple games that are a little bit interesting, even though it's kind of light. Uh, we do have to talk, um, about stuff that happened last night. I kind of want to focus on. I want to focus on Archie Miller and I want to focus on Mike Hopkins because they are at their new schools and they were um, highly regarded hires, I think is probably I the fair way I to love, say it. Yeah. I, I praise both. I, I remember I was in South Carolina when Hop got the job um, and uh, and was shocked. It came out of nowhere, absolutely nowhere. Jen Cohen, the AD there, hired Hop, and I was like, great hire. And then when Indiana hired Arch. I thought the same thing. I thought he was the right guy for the job. And now I'm questioning both. And uh, I'm probably questioning Hop a little more. I I still think Arch has a shot there right now to turn it. I'm not so sure Hop has a shot. I just look at the roster and I'm like, 
This roster isn't very good. It's almost like a start over type deal next year. If he, you know, hopefully he gets next year. I, I would think he will. I, I just don't expect too many ADs to make moves um, on coaches during this pandemic with, with finances being an issue, um, especially, again, if you owe them a lot of money, which I think both these guys are still owed some decent money at this point. Hop was extended uh, after he went to the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. So he went in, in, in 2019, and it's been awful since. I mean, they had two – they had two first-round picks, right? Did, did McDaniels go first round or second round? I don't even remember. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't remember. He did. He went they, first. Yeah, they had two. They had two five-star top ten recruits yeah. on the roster, and honestly, like I think that was probably the issue that he ran into last season was that he brought in guys that didn't fit a culture as well as they fit. Uh, kind of the, I don't say guys. Isaiah Stewart's not a part of that, but. Isaiah was the right player for the culture. Yeah, that's not that's not who I was referring to. Yeah, um, I, that's him. There's there's other guys that are no longer there right now. Yeah. Um, but it, he brought it felt like he brought in players that more fit the style that he wanted to play as opposed to the culture that you wanted to establish. Um, I mean, if you go back and look at what Jim Beheim has built, which is I, I'm assuming what what Hop is trying to replicate at Washington and. Um, They've had their fair share of knuckleheads, but they also have a lot of people that that value and prioritize winning over anything else that they've ever run into. Like, and that's headlined by Jim Beheim, who might be one of the most competitive SOBs that you're ever going to run into. So, I think that that was part of the problem with Hop. Like, it just it's also hard to try to start building something when um, you're doing it with just five star freshmen. Like, it's one thing to bring in a five star to bolster what you already have. Like, look at. What I'm doing, I'm doing something bigger on uh, Michigan right now. And if you look at what Jawan Howard has done with Hunter Dickinson, you bring him in and have him supported by all of these other pieces, whether it's senior Isaiah Livers, uh, senior Eli Brooks, grad transfer Mike Smith. Um, I, he's not technically a grad transfer, but kind of grad transfer Shawnee Brown, uh, Franz Wagner, who is one of the most improved players in the country. Like you, you, you put him in there and surround him with a bunch of guys that can help carry that team and all of a sudden you have a star that you can anchor everything around that's not necessarily what hop did so he loses these guys early after a really disappointing season and the bottom kind of falls out of it so um one in ten and they they are just losing rob they are getting smacked absolutely smacked in the pac-12 so and everywhere so yeah it's year four for hop like I said, I think Hop is so well liked. He, he he likely gets another season. Yeah, the big question becomes too. Like, all right, if Hop doesn't get it done to Washington, do they hire him to to replace? I mean, he was a coach in waiting at Syracuse. He was Syracuse, and he he rolled the dice by leaving because he was kind of tired of waiting, and he didn't know how long Beheim was going to last. And now, can you hire him if you're John Wildhack, the AD at, at Syracuse? Can you hire Hop back? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not. You should not ever be one in ten at Washington with the the recruiting grounds that you have in Seattle. Like you should never be one in ten. So I honestly don't know if you can. I don't know if you can. I, listen, the only the only positive is at Syracuse. Like Devo's been talking. Eric Devendorf on on his pod has been talking lately to a bunch of guys and about that question. You know, Jason Hart said, yeah, you can bring him back. 
you can bring him back. And, and Devo said the same thing. But those guys want back, frankly, and they've said it, even Derek Coleman. They want him back because they don't want to be left out in the cold. They, they love being a part of, of that program. And they're afraid if you bring an outsider in, that they're not going to have the same access. That's the word they use the most is access. All they want is to be able to run in and, and do what they want um, because it's Bayheim, right? And, and if yeah. Hawk gets the job, they have probably even more access. Yeah, DC told a story on uh, Devo's pod, which dropped yesterday, that uh, he used to um, go into like at the Big East tournament. There was a game where they were down by fifteen to Georgetown at halftime. So he just he left his seat in the arena, walked back into underneath Madison Square Garden, and walked into the locker room. Was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You got to get it together. Uh, there was another one where he said he walked up to the bench during a timeout and just started – he walked into the huddle and just started screaming at the team. And Beheim was like, you hear what Derek said? Get back out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. Most coaches be like, get the fuck out of here. was like, yeah, whatever. 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 Um, so the, I, I think we also need to talk about Archie because it's. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different for him at Indiana, like he, it's clear that he has not gotten this thing rolling. Um, it's also clear that the expectation of Indiana fans to have someone come in and boom, flip that thing immediately. Uh, it's what drove Tom Crean out. And eventually it's probably going to be what drives Archie Miller out. You know, it, it's funny because I, I made excuses for, for Arch and I thought they were valid early on. Like first couple of years, I thought Crean uh, left him with Jack shit. And then he had some some injuries. So, you know, they're 16 and 15 the first year. They're 19 and, and 16 the second year. And they're under 500 the second year in league play. And I'm like, all right, listen, settle down. He'll get it going. Um, and they just – they haven't really been able to. I thought they'd maybe get over the hump this year. Um, they bring in the kid Christian Lander with high expectations. He's not ready. You know, he was classified as a point guard, and he's not ready. And I think everybody thought he'd be the difference maker because you have a one of the better bigs in the country in Trace Jackson Davis. You know, fantasy's always hurt, it feels like. Um, Franklin's hurt now. I, their margin for error is so small, especially in this year's Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Like, everything has to go perfect for them, and, and it hasn't. And, that, again, that's no excuse. I think Archie Miller would be the first one to tell you we should be better than we are right now. We should be better. We, the program should be in a better state than it is right now. I still wouldn't give up on Archie Miller as the coach at Indiana. I don't know who you're bringing in that's going to be able to do better. It's been a long time since, you know, they had a, a couple blips with Tom Green, but other than that, they weren't very relevant nationally. Um, you know, again, I don't, I mean, you're not getting Brad Stevens. You're not getting Chris Beard to come to Indiana. Um, like, who are you getting that, that's going to be better than Archie Miller? I, I don't know. And the, the other thing I think, I, I never thought this job fit Arch great. Now, again, that's not to say I, I think he's a hell of a coach, and he proved that at Dayton. But I felt like in Ohio State it was a better job, and, and, and I really feel like he, that was the one he kind of wanted. And it opened right after he took Indiana. If you remember, that's when Gene Smith and Thad Mata parted ways, and they hired Holtman. Archie had been an assistant at Ohio State. It kind of fits him a little bit more. Like Indiana, you're in that fishbowl. Mm-hmm. That's not Archie. It's kind of the same thing with Sean at Arizona. Um, Ohio State, he'd rather be the second kind of fiddle. And 
just coach. Like that's what the Millers want to do is just coach ball. Yeah, and I think he's also had a little bit of – what's the best way to phrase it? It's a little bit like shock in the sense where he keeps getting guys and they keep ending up leaving a year earlier. Um, It's hard to build – like we mentioned with Hop, it's hard to build a program and build a culture and build that level of consistency when you bring in like Romeo Lankford and he's gone in a year after being banged up the whole time. Or, um, you know, you find – I mean, everybody and their mother knew that Romeo Langford. Yeah, no, I know, but it doesn't it doesn't make it any easier when you're trying to build something yep. and you bring in this star and you build your offense around the star for a year and then he's gone. Like that that that's not an easy thing to do. And like we saw, like Shaka had trouble with it at, at Texas too, and and you know he finally had a chance where he got some continuity. He's got an old backcourt. Um, and he, he's got all these veterans, and he surrounded them with a couple of really young, talented guys, and. Boom, Texas is a top five team, right? Like, I'm not saying that uh, there's a guarantee that Archie will turn um, Indiana into a top five team, but like in an era where everybody is trying to get old and stay old, he had to bring in a 17 year old point guard that reclassified yeah. to try and solve his issues at the point guard spot. Like, that's that should tell that 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 sums that sums everything up that's going on with Indiana right there. Yeah, and I mean, the expectation that- great as your, as your first guard off the bench. Rob Finchy would be great. If they had a high, high, high level point guard right now, to me, Indiana would have two more wins. You know, you yeah, wouldn't I mean, even talk about this. And it's not just like it's it's the three point shooting too. Like other than Armand Franklin, they don't really have anybody that can make a shot. Um and Archie, like it's just it seems like he's kind of insistent on playing Race Thompson and, and Trace Jackson Davis together. And you just today's the, day and age, that's that's not what you want to be doing. But but again, like you said, you're shooting 32% as a team from three. What do you do? What do you do? You, you, I mean, I, you I'll tell you. I'll tell you can't make shots? I, 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 yes. I think you have to go out and recruit some people in the state of Indiana to, to make some shots. Like, it's the yeah. same thing we're talking about with Kentucky. Like, sh- shooting should not ever really be an issue for you. You know, there could be guys that you bring on the floor that maybe um, – aren't great at other things, but there should always be options that, that can make shots. Like you shouldn't like, like it's, it's in this day and age when look you know, Corey Kispert. Have, look at yeah. Corey Kispert, right? They recruited him as a shooter, as a mm-hmm. shooter. He's gotten better at everything else. Right. I mean, he's, he can put the ball on the floor. Now he can guard. He's tough as shit, but like he had size and could shoot the ball. You're telling me Kentucky or Indiana wouldn't love to have Corey Kispert right now. Well, I mean, here's, here's the, here's the proof, right? Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson is has become one of the the most dangerous weapons um, in the NBA because of his ability to sprint off screens and the way that he he he. It's the same. all right. So hold on. Let me let me recycle. Um, we talk about how Kate Cunningham's passing manipulates defenses because of the threat of it, right? And how there's no shooting and that limits it. The thing about Duncan Robinson is when he runs off of a screen, that manipulates defenses too. It's the gravity that a shooter has. It's the threat of the fact that he makes the shot that forces a defense to have to adjust and to have to move and to have to be manipulated and and, and to get knocked out of position. And then that is what opens things up for like one of the best low post scorers in college basketball. Like the biggest issue that Indiana has is that Trace Jackson Davis is awesome. Yep. But when there's 19 guys in the paint around him, like what do you want him to do? He's not a guy that's stepping out on the perimeter. He's the throwback, back to the basket, old school, low post bucket getter. And you got to have space for him. You got to be able to create that space for him to operate. And that's the biggest issue they face. So um, again, my just, the, the point, the thing that I keep going back to and I keep, 
wrapping, like struggling to um, criticize Archie too much for, and and to a point he's kind of put himself in this position with who he has and hasn't gotten, but they're, they don't have a point guard. They had to go out and get a point guard. They got a five star to reclassify who everybody knew wasn't going to be ready. Um, People ate that up as, okay, we got this five star because a five star is a five star and every five star is the same as, as John Wall or Derek Rose, which it's not. And he comes in and this kid is not ready, which we all expected. And the 17 year old point guard is in an era where everybody's trying to get older was supposed to be the savior and he's not. And now people are freaking out about it. So, um, so what do you do if you're the AD at both schools at Washington and Indiana right now? I, I would, I would keep Archie Miller for sure for another year. And I just think again, even at Washington, I would probably have him make some staff changes at this point. I, yeah. Um, with hop hops, hops a little tougher. Like, Sure. I kind of, I kind of want to see. I want to see how the season ends. Like to me, it's very hard to to criticize someone in that situation, given what we're going through in the country right now. Like they lost Naz Carter because of everything that was happening there. We don't know what's going on within the locker room based off of everything that's happened. With, with the, he would, I guess there was a rape allegation. Sexual assault allegation with NASCAR, and I, I can't remember if he was kicked out of school or if he just left school or what it was. Yeah, but there was, he was he was asked to leave. He was asked. To leave. It's, it's not it's not a it's not a great situation. Um, so I would see how the season ends with Hop, and if like they're improving and they're getting better, then I give him another chance. Like I, I think it's just it, it's tough in the middle of, of what we're going through as oh, a country. And she, and she hired him, so you know, to mm-hmm. me, she she's got to you know justify bringing a guy. 3,000 miles away. Um, yeah. And again, everybody lauded the hire. Everybody. I mean, yeah. everybody. So I, work. so I think you give him one more year. And with Archie, my big thing is like, are you, if you fire him, you're just going to flush more buyout money down the drain. You're going to have to go pay for another coach. Yeah. And unless you like have the guy that's going to solve all your problems, like, I don't know, like, who, who are you going to go after? Like, is Eric Musselman going to be the answer at Indiana? No. Like, no. I mean, Porter Moser? No. No, like, you know, like you I, can get a you can get an alum like a Dane Fife or or someone like that. Yeah, but they're, they're, again, like to me, you got to give him one more because of what he inherited. To me, you got to give him one more, and and, and with everything that's kind of gone wrong. And again, listen, he deserves part of the blame for it, no doubt. But I would I would certainly give him one more. Remember, they were going to make the tournament last year. They were probably mm-hmm. going to make it. So. You know, is making it good enough for Indiana fans? No, 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 I get it. They want they want second weekend and then Final Four. I understand that, but you know, yeah. The I, last the last thing I will say about this, and I thought Rafael Davis um, on we had he would he hosts the Boiler Up podcast for us. Uh, he was on live with uh, on a post game show with AJ Guyton, who hosts House of Hoosier last night, um, and I thought he made a very very insightful point when he said that Purdue fans. Their goal heading into a season is to win a Big Ten championship, whether it's a Big Ten regular season title or a Big Ten tournament title. Like their goal is to win a Big Ten championship, and anything else that comes is just icing on the cake. Indiana fans, their goal heading into a season is to win a national championship, and when you set that level of expectation, um, it creates uh, it creates a level of disappointment when you are not winning, like when you're not a top five, top ten team in the country, and. It, like you can't just snap your fingers and make yourself a top 10 team in the country. So while I do think that it is more than fair 
to start having these conversations about what Archie Miller has accomplished at Indiana. Um, I'm not at the point where I think it's right to say, get that guy out of Bloomington. We got to fire him. Uh, But I was, I was also the one saying that like Tom Creed won two big 10 titles in his last four years or last five years at Indiana. Like, I don't think that you should fire someone that's won two conference titles in the span of five years. So um, it is what it is. Let's talk about tonight's slate. Uh, yep. The big game is Wisconsin at Rutgers. Wisconsin is currently laying three. Uh, what do you like there, Jeffrey? I, I, it's a tough one for me. I mean, both of them are, are hungry for a win, right? I mean, Rutgers has lost a couple in a row. Wisconsin just got absolutely embarrassed by Michigan. Um you know, they're both teams that, that at one point or another were like, you know, in the top 10-ish. Uh, I, I like the under. I like the under. You didn't close the door today, Rob? No, it's we, we got a new lock, but she's just at the door screaming, banging on the door. You got to <laughs> no. learn how to pick the lock. It, no, so like <laughs> she did not. She's just at the door banging on the door going, dad, dad, door, dad, dad, door, because she wants me to open the door to get on the stream. So all I did was was, was make it louder in here. Wisconsin Rutgers. I don't blame her. So um, I love I love Wisconsin in this spot. Yeah, you like Wisconsin. Here's why I like the under. I like the under um, because teams are going to be so revved up for this. And it's all – this game is going to be all about toughness. Whoever Whoever plays tougher in this game wins this game. Wisconsin, again, embarrassed, absolutely humiliated in that last game. Rutgers lost two in a row. Ohio State at home, not a great loss. What What's Rutgers known for? Oh, there you go. What's uh, Rutgers known for is getting notifications while they're on a live stream. <laughs> but, um, so here, here's here's my take on, on, on this game. Um, it is the, the 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 quintessential, most obvious buy low spot that you'll ever get in college basketball because Wisconsin just lost by eight hundred at Michigan, um, and now they get uh, now they're taking on uh, Rutgers on the road. Um, the other part of it is that Rutgers, uh, their defense has just like not been anywhere near where it needs to be, uh, more or less since um, since the Illinois game, right? Um, it, and, and it's kind of been like since Cliff went down with the injury. Um, even like they gave up 88 points and 73 possessions to, to Illinois. They gave up 76 points and 64 possessions against Pitt. They're ranked 11th right now in, uh, in, in big 10 games in, in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. Like this, this was a team that we expected to like be really, really tough defensively. And they're just not, and they're not good enough offensively to only be okay on the defensive end of the floor. So, um, I, I just think that like Wisconsin is, this is this is going to be like the game where they're like, oh yeah, you know what? You doubted us. We'll watch this. We're going to go into the rack and beat Rutgers by twenty. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I could see it. I'll just say, you know, Rutgers. I know they don't have fans at the rack, but they're still, I, I think, twenty four and three in their last twenty seven at the rack. So I, I, I don't have a great feel on the game itself, but I have a good feel on the fact that they're both going to come out. Uh, they're going to play tough as shit, and points are going to be hard to come by in this game. All right. The last, the last thing I'll say is they are twenty four and three. Yes. In their last 27 games at home, uh, they were 24 and one in their last 25 games at home uh, before 2021 started. They've lost two in a row at home. Is there anything else you like tonight, Jeffrey? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a bunch actually, but but okay. it's one, it, it's kind of one theory, and, and it's What's my that? theory of of going against the teams that have been either on a pause uh, or haven't played a game for a little while. So 
I got a few of those, okay? Yeah, hit me. I, I like uh, Western Kentucky against Marshall for various reasons. Number one, I think they're the better team. And you know how I love Davion Kinsey of, of, of Marshall. Marshall was down to like four guys last week. Couldn't play. Um, I, I heard some stuff that the AD was trying to uh, make him play with five guys and two walk-ons, and the fifth guy was hurt. Or maybe he wasn't hurt, but they made sure that it sounded like he was hurt so they didn't have to play the game. So they haven't played in a while. You know, I don't know how healthy they are right now, but Western Kentucky's given three and a half there. I like that. Charles Bassey could be a first-round pick. We know what Slick Rick does. Uh, so I, I like Western Kentucky there. And then I'm going to go through a few others of, of similar. That one I like unto itself. These other ones are all based on the fact that the opponent has had some sort of pause. Okay, I like Wisconsin Green Bay getting three against a Detroit team that's been in a pause. I like Long Beach State against my boy from Cal State Northridge, Mark Fried. I don't have the picture ready, but uh, Long Beach State is getting two points in that one. Wow. Yes, I'm going against the guy. Wow. Scary. Scary. Arkansas Little Rock. I like them. Texas State's been in a pause. Uh, Little Rock's given five and a half. Illinois Chicago going against Bobby Morris. Uh, Illinois Chicago's given three. And then, uh, and then I like two that I, that one that we didn't get yesterday that I'm pissed off about, but I think it, it's the rematch theory and the better team not covering in the first one. Now, Bryant lost to St. Francis PA. They are given four and a half today. I think they're going to come back and beat Saint, beat the Red Flashes by more than four and a half. And then Campbell. Pre, my, my theory didn't work yesterday. Presby covered late. Came back and almost won the game. Campbell given eight in the rematch. Uh, I'm going to lay the eight there. So I, you got a bunch from me, bunch of mid-major stuff for for different reasons. Uh, I'm going to have a bunch of that again tomorrow. We're going to see how this goes today. Kind of test this theory a little bit more, and if it works, I'm going to come back with a bunch of them tomorrow. I like it. I like it. I uh, yesterday we were all about the small road dogs. Today I'm all about the uh, the small favorites. I love Wisconsin. Um, I love the logic on Bryant. That's that's one of the ones that I had circled for this game, and I'm going to follow you on Western Kentucky because when you start talking about inside info and injuries, that is the shit that we listen to, Jeffrey. That is why we have you on this live stream. That is the reason why you're you're hitting at about a 62 percent clip this year. Um, all right, so I'm putting mine in on bet spurts here when I get off. Uh, Throughout the day, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll add to it. So make sure you, uh, again, if you are not subscribed, go in there, subscribe. It's great. You can – I used it for NFL stuff this past year. I really yeah. – So, I so the, the best thing about it is your ability to track your bets. So, like, I'm always like, how, how much – how much money have I made? How much money am I up? How much money have I down? Where am I leaking? Where am I really efficient? And this, 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 this tracks all of it for you. So as long as you put your bets in, um, not only are you able to see like what the experts are looking at, uh, but you're able to track what you are actually doing yourself. Um, so can I put in all my bets? You think from uh, November twenty fifth? <laughs> can, can I please put that in there? No, we'll uh, we'll we'll text we'll text Reed see if we can do it retroactively. Hey. And maybe maybe I'll put all the wins that I had and I'll just ignore <laughs> all the losses. No, no, Mitchell will hold you accountable. You will not be able. Oh to yeah, do. yeah. Oh, Mitchell. 
Mitchell Smith. The watchdog. The watchdog. Right. Yeah, we got somebody that's got some actual, um, you know, he's he's not a scoundrel like you. Yeah. All right. So that is Bet Spurts, um, B-E-T-S-P-E-R-T-S. Just go into whatever uh, app store that you end up using and you search it and you find it and you find us. My name is Rob Doster in there. He is Goodman Hoops. All right, guys. We will see you again tomorrow morning.